Well, we're on session four today of Survivor's Guide to the End of the World, The Great Deception, chapter four. The human ability to be deceptive is without limit. Uh, Vicki and I had our grandkids last weekend. <clears throat> you could probably tell by our frazzled appearance. <laughs> One of my youngest, I'll protect his name so you'll not make him the bad guy. As we were playing in the living room with uh, some most of the children and then one of our younger ones went into the, what we call the Lego room, sunroom. And he was in there messing around, playing by himself. And some of the other kids, we, we stopped the game. They went into the Lego room. They came back all upset. Our, our Lego toys that we've been building is all torn up, all upside down and all broken. So I went in there and talked to him. And I said, what happened in here? He said, I don't, nothing, nothing really happened. I was, I was playing over on this side. I don't know. I said, really, something had to have happened because the kids are upset at these toys. And he said, well, I think I just stomped my foot real hard and they flipped over. So I think that's probably what happened. So uh, I think deception is just kind of within the heart of man that we have to be careful with. I heard a story this week about a lady from Scotland who was over there on a short trip, took her, uh, her pet with her dog. And so she was flying back home, had her dog in the in the carrier, the cage, and when they landed in the United States, the baggage handlers at the airport got, the, got to the cage and they thought the dog was dead. And so they thought, man, we're, we're in trouble. We've got a lawsuit happening here. So in their mind, they said, well, they went and told the lady, well, your cage was lost. It was sent to another city. And the reason they did that, they, their thought was, we'll find another dog That'll replace that, and they won't even know. And so uh, uh, two to three days later, they brought the cage with the dog to her house and said, we finally found your dog, and we're glad to bring it home to you. And she looked at it, and she said, that's not my dog. He said, well, how do you know? The dog I had died in Scotland, and I was bringing it home to bury it here. So deception is kind of within the heart of man, and we're good at it. It's not a good thing, but we're sometimes good at that. The only way, listen to these words, the only way to not be caught in deception is to be completely sure of the truth. The only way to not be caught in deception is to be completely sure of what is truth. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I want to start out, and we're going to go right to the Word. We're going to look at 1 Thessalonians, and then we're going to be looking in in Revelation. We will jump back sometimes to Matthew 24, where Jesus talked about the end end of the age. But what we're going to be looking at today is the deception. The Scripture talks about a deception that is coming that is going to be very, very massive, very strong, very convincing. And so that's what we want to try to get our heads around today. Um, This is what we know for sure about biblical truth. Last week, we looked at the Antichrist, some of the characteristics of what he will do, what he is like. We, We looked at the false prophet and how he will have supernatural abilities to do incredible miracles. 
Uh, he said he will be even, I don't know for sure what this means, but be able to call fire down from heaven in the front of people at his command. So this, this false prophet is going to have amazing supernatural abilities, but they will be demonically inspired. And we also know for sure, because the Bible tells us, that there is this coming great deception. One writer this week I, I thought had the best line of anything because I've been studying this for quite a while, trying to get ready for these weeks. And here's what he said. The great delusion will be an assault so massive that everything you thought you knew by overwhelming evidence will appear to have been false. Saying the deception that is coming is so incredible, so powerful, that it would, if you did not have, if you're not fully aware uh, and acquainted with truth, it would be able to convince you to follow that deception. Okay, so we want to want to get to the scripture. We want to go back to truth, and we're going to start uh, laying our foundation here. So, if you get your Bibles, go to Second Thessalonians chapter two, starting in verse nine. Would you please stand with me? <clears throat> I'm going to start back just one more round eight, and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth. Hear that, that's good news, right? That the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and, the Lord Je- uh, and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders. And in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that it all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Lord, please, by the power of your spirit, reveal your truth. Open our eyes to your truth so that we are so acquainted with you and your word, Lord, that there will be nothing that could happen that will cause us to move away from our faith in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you're making notes, I want you to go down with me. These are some very specific things that we know by Scripture is true. The deception will result in or will be brought about by signs and wonders. Uh, and it says it will deceive, watch, watch carefully who it says it will deceive. Those who have rejected Jesus. The deception that's coming will be mainly upon, will be upon those who do not accept the Lord Jesus. The first deception I want you to write down, um, we're going to look at these deceptions in Revelation 13. So you may want to flip over there, uh, Revelation 13. The first deception is that of resurrection. There's going to be a deception by this world leader that's coming who appears to have, the scripture says, he has had a, a head wound and that he will appear to have died and that he will, in front of the world, be resurrected. Remember what in, the enemy does, what Satan always does. He mimics Jesus. 
he wants to he he wants to replace Jesus as the Messiah. So everything that you'll see that he does is a mimic of what Jesus is. So keep that in mind. Verse thirteen, uh, verse three of chapter thirteen. This is the deception of resurrection. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was astonished and followed the beast. It appears that this beast, like I just said, this Antichrist figure that will be coming on the scene, will at some point, on a very public display, appear to have been killed. And then will, in, in a very public way, be brought back, apparently, to life. And that will cause a great deception, or a, uh, it will grab the attention of the world at this happening. The second deception that I want to find in, in chapter 13, verses 5 through 7, a deception of, I'm going to put quotes here, real truth. There is a deception coming, and it's going to want to say to us, what you have believed is not the truth. We're coming to give you the real truth. So this is what this deception is. Uh, starting in verse 5 of Revelation 13. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. That's half of the tribulation, the three and a half years. I believe it's the first half of the tribulation. He opens his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power or to make war against the saints and to conquer them. So we have this deception that's coming that'll be of resurrection, that he overcame death, and that he has the real truth, quote, and he will try to dispel everything that we stand on in our faith. The third deception is the ability to have awe-inspiring, miraculous signs. Awe-inspiring, miraculous signs. Verse 13 and 14 of Revelation 13. When you read this, or when we look at it, the false prophet, based upon these passages, will probably be Jewish, because it says he came out of the land. And usually when it's talking about the land, it's talking about Israel. And so this uh, false prophet may come from the Jewish world. And like the first beast who will come out of the sea, and the sea represents Gentile nations. So the, uh, the false prophet will probably be Gentile. So we have this Jewish leader and a Gentile coming together. Uh, here's the verses. He, the false prophet, performed great and miraculous signs even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. Because of the signs, he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, which is the Antichrist, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. So we're seeing deception, right? I want you to get it in your mind. I want you to be, before you leave today, to realize that the deception is going to be bigger, stronger, and more impressive than we think. It's going to come on that strong. And I'm wanting us to be aware of it just for, to wake up. To be aware, to say, and to see. And when these events or this event happens, that will appear to wipe out your basic belief system, then you gotta, we got to come back and hold to the truth. The truth is, 
Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. It's simple. But we got to keep our faith founded and driven deeply in Jesus and who he is. All right. The next deception, I'm going to go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 on the first verse and then Revelation 13, 14 on the second verse. This is a deception of calling all men to worship him. There will be this move across the land, across the world, that will call men to worship this Antichrist. So you're going to have to think about just a moment. What would it cause What would it take to cause the entirety of the human race to turn and worship this Antichrist? It's going to be be impressive, whatever they use. In 2 Thessalonians 2.4, he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped. So that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Revelation 13.14 and 15, he, this false prophet, Ordered them, now this is really interesting, I don't understand this at all, I don't know what this could be, I have imaginations of what it might be, but listen to what it says, Uh, this false prophet ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast, some kind of an image, statue, uh, some kind of representation, I don't know, Um, he was, um, excuse me. Honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. There's that resurrection. He was given power to breathe, to give breath to that image of the first beast so that it could speak and then cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. I don't, I don't know what that would be. I don't know what that would look like. But it says that this, that this false prophet has the ability to give breath to this image that sets up there and this image has the ability to speak and to they're speaking to the world at this point and so they're speaking and it says that they has uh, the ability to cause those who refuse to worship to be killed so I don't like I said I don't have all the answers but that's a very interesting thing that will be happening and the fifth deception is that of a very strong Worldwide economy. When the deception comes, it will come with a new economy. Revelation 13, 16 and 17. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had this mark. Which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. And everybody's heard of this all of their life. 666, sign of the beast. So there, he will come and will establish, because if you've not noticed in a while, the, the economies of the world are in really bad shape. We have a, an American economy that seems to be booming, but we forget the level of our debt. I'm thankful for the the resurgence of what feels like a healthier economy, but have to continually remember that's based upon a big old bubble of debt. And so when this guy comes, he will create or bring with him a brand new economic system, and it will be worldwide. It'll bring all the chaos of the financial world all around the planet 
into a one world economy and your method is no longer the debit card or checks. Your method of being involved in that economy will be the mark in your hand or on your forehead. Meaning, if you do not take the mark of the beast, you will be outside of the economy. You will have to figure out how to live outside of what we know now as economy, where you go to the grocery store and you write a check or you pay cash or you pull out your card. Well, that will no longer be in effect. You'll be able to go to the grocery store, but if you don't have the mark, which you will not be able to purchase, you'll not be able to bring that in. And you say, well, that's only for poor. It said in this passage right here, poor and rich will be caught up into this economy. So that's a part of the deception that's coming. These, this big deception that's coming will also result in a, uh, a complete acceptance of the deception by those who reject Jesus. I mean, they're going to buy in wholeheartedly when this deception comes. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, They perish because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. So these folks have set up a pattern of hearing the truth about Jesus but rejecting it. Verse 11 says, For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. And I told you last week I struggled with that. That passage got a little more understanding, I think, as I read back through and studied through that this week. My struggle was that God would send a delusion. You know, I, I, didn't, I don't know what that meant for sure. But I read this in the Cambridge Commentary. Since this satanic delusion is the moral consequence of people's previous and willful rejection of the truth, it is clear that God is at work here. He makes Satan and the lawless one his instruments in punishing false-hearted men as they loved lies. God sends them lies for their portion. Interesting. And I think I agree with that. The reason I can is when you go to Rev Romans chapter 1, I'm not going to study through that today because that's a pretty big study in itself. But if you go down Romans chapter 1, I call it the steps to a reprobate mind. And that there are steps that mankind takes as they get further and further and further away from God. And at the end of that chapter, it says that God <clears throat> gives them over to a reprobate mind. In other words, the judgment of God is to just let them have what they pursued. And so in that judgment of God, as it's similar to what we're seeing in this passage. Um, the result of the great deception will be a severe questioning of biblical truth by those who have not received Jesus Christ. Which is based upon God's only son being the payment for our sin. Matthew says it like this, Jesus said in 24. False Christs, false prophets will appear and will perform great miracles, great signs and miracles, and here's that line, to deceive even the elect, those within the kingdom, if that were possible. Hear that again. That means the deception is going to catch your attention. It may shake you to your core, whatever that deception is. Because it says these, are, these miracles and signs to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. I'm glad they added that, if that were possible. So, there are some 
interesting theories, and I'm, I'm now moving away from this is what we know. I'm going to move, so I'm going to change positions here. Because here are some thoughts about this deception. And that's all they are. They're theories, and I'm not going to give you the bunch of them that are out there. I'm just going to hit two or three. Uh, and I'm going to talk about the third one a little bit more just because of the interesting facts of its faith and what it looks like. So I'm not speaking, thus saith the Lord here. I'm saying here's some things that might come that would be that kind of deception. There are those who believe that the deception will include the appearance of either aliens from another planet or from another dimension. Anybody ever watch Ancient Aliens? I watch it often. You know why? They're presenting this theology or this end time scenario at almost every presentation. Matter of fact, I was watching, and my wife hates it when I'm watching this. But <clears throat> There was a Christian, I saw this yesterday. There was a Christian on there, and they were talking to him and said, well, what if this happened? What if, uh, it would be a demonic, but they call it some kind of an alien, came and revealed himself to the world and said, we are your creators. We seeded you on planet Earth. And now we're coming back to check on your development. And this, they asked this Christian guy, what if that happened? He said, I think that would wipe everything out that I believe. I mean, it was a, it was a Christian. He said, I am a Christian. And they asked him, well, what would that do to your faith if that happened? He said, well, I think it would change everything. And what I'm saying, uh, that's a little out there. So I'm not telling you to buy into that. I'm just saying that's one that they recommend or they're suggesting. Another one, I'm not even going to go into it much, is some think it is a has to do with the Roman Catholic Church, the Pope being represented as the false prophet or one of those things. I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I'm just telling you that's one of the possibilities. I want to share with you an interesting, very interesting, the more I studied this, um, and I'm not even saying this is it. I just found it incredibly interesting. Islam's belief, they have an apocalyptic belief like Christians have an apocalyptic belief of an end time coming. And so here's some things that I've been studying and finding about their eschatology. And also think about some of the concepts of Islam's birth and conversion rates are staggering. They're proposed to be the world's largest religion within 20 years. The world's largest religion, if you can put it in your head. One, uh, in, in Europe, because of the refugees and the uh, birth rate of Muslims compared to uh, Christian, the Muslim birth rate is much higher. Within 15 years, I say in Europe will be an Islamic state, 15 years. Half of the global births will be Muslim by, by 2055. Half would be that. Here's the uh, Islamic eschatology. They believe in the caliphate. And the caliphate is where they conquer land. And in that land, they establish Sharia law as the law of the land. And you can be a part of that. You can come and be a part of Islam and be a part of the caliphate 
if you will reject your faith. You would have to reject Jesus as the Savior, as the Messiah. Um, they believe, the Islam believers believe that we, our scriptures, are corrupted. Therefore, untrustworthy, and they don't hold to those at all, except when it agrees with what they believe. Uh, they believe in the Quran, which is the direct words from Allah, from their perspective. And then they also hold to the Sunnah, or Hadith, you've heard that word as well. And that's the words and the works of Muhammad. So they don't hold to our scripture, they hold to these other two writings. According to Islam, the end time is going to focus on three events or three people. And this is where it gets really fascinating to me. As we look at these three people and how they will, I'm going to show you, they're going to twist our belief to where it's the other side of the coin exactly. They're the total opposite of Christianity. I want to show you what they believe here. The first sign they believe that's coming will be the coming of the Mahdi. The Mahdi or the 12th Imam. And this Mahdi, they say in their scripture, is going to reign on this earth for seven years. He was going to come and he's going to bring a great victory against Christian Romans. He believes that they believe that anything uh, that's Christian is related to the Romans. So they're going to conquer the Romans, which is the uh, America, Israel, and anybody that stands in that position. This great war that they're going to, they think, they claim will cause the end of it called Al-Mahalma Al-Kubra. Or translated as Armageddon. They believe that there is a coming Armageddon. Of which they will win. And then everybody else will give in to serving uh, their, their belief. In the seventh year the deceiver. And stay with me because I don't want to get you confused. The deceiver that they say is going to come to deceive is our Jesus. That's coming back as the redeemer. So they, they've, they've identified him as the deceiver. Will appear and a great war will start between the Jews and the Muslims for 40 days. Based on their belief. And will end when the Muslim. Now here it's complicated. Because they believe in Jesus also. They have a Muslim Jesus. And he is going to return. They believe in the second coming of this Jesus. They just don't believe that he is. The, he, that he came to the earth. That he died, was crucified, died, buried, and risen. They don't believe that. He came, they believe he came as a good man, uh, maybe even a prophet of God, and that he didn't die, but he was taken off like, like the prophet Elisha. And that he, is, he will return again. They believe in this, and I'm going to show you how this deception could be so uh, staggering in just a moment. Because this, their Jesus will come back and his intent will be to kill all Jews and all Christians because their Jesus will come back as a radical Muslim to support the Mahdi, to establish the caliphate. See what I'm saying? It's the direct opposite of Christian teaching. Whatever character we have, theirs is the direct opposite of that. Interesting. In the Muslim belief system, all people will convert to Islam. Everybody will, because if you don't, they'll kill you. So everybody, they believe that the entire world will come under an Islamic caliphate, 
And when their leader is in place, then there will be a peace on the earth. Uh, and the Muslim religious system will be all, all around the planet. This Mahdi also is a charge of military. And he, this is their teaching, and his army will carry black flags. Interesting that ISIS carries a black flag and the Iranian army carries black flags. But this leader says he will be in charge of the military and they will carry black flags. The Mahdi, by their writings, will develop a peace treaty with Israel and with the West, America, which they call Romans. Guess the length of the peace treaty that they say will be written. Seven years. So they believe in this seven-year peace treaty, but they see it totally opposite as we do. You know, in Revelation where it says, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, talks about this Antichrist will be coming in on a white horse. They believe that as well. I mean, they, they will refer to that passage in our scripture because it supports their belief that this leader is going to come in on a white horse, this Antichrist. All right, let me summarize the Mahdi. First of all, he's a messianic type of leader. He'll have unparalleled uh, power to rule. He will take control of the world. He will destroy all those who resist him. He will invade many nations. He will enact a seven-year peace treaty with the Jews. He will conquer Jerusalem. He will massacre the Jews. He will establish an Islamic world headquarters in Jerusalem. He will come on a white horse. He will rule for seven years. And he'll be loved by all on the earth. That's what they believe about the coming Mahdi. Which would be their savior, redeemer type. Now this is where it gets a little confusing. So stay in with me and I'm going to go quick. The second sign is that Jesus will come. This is Islam. They believe Jesus will come. And they believe in the second coming of Jesus. And I told you they don't believe he was the Messiah. But a good man who didn't really die but was taken up to heaven and will come back as a radical Muslim to be in support of the Mahdi and those two together. So you have the Antichrist and the false prophet. False prophet may very well be named Jesus, which would say, here's the deception. What if that occurred, all this came about, and what they believe is their, their Jesus will come and say, you guys missed it. You Christians and Jews, you missed it. Yes, there was a Jesus, but he's not your Savior. The Mahdi is. And with signs and wonders and miraculous powers to be able to convince everybody who sees that, wow, that must be true. Unless you're of the elect, that, that scripture says. I'm telling you this so that for these reasons. No, no terror here because we sang a song and I believe it with my whole heart. I'm not going to be able to get the words. There's going to be, what's that phrase? No, no fear. You just sang it. You guys are really no help. And if my, no power of darkness, no evil prevails, weapon prevails. Yeah, go ahead. You can tell I planned this out really well. Keep going. He's conquered our enemy. This is it. No power of darkness, no weapon prevails. We stand in our victory. I believe that if you know the Lord Jesus and you know the truth, when you see this coming, you're going to say, okay, that's it. Got it. We see it. Now we know. 
if we're in the midst of that deception. But he will come to try to abolish Christianity and Judaism that backed it up and, cre- and make the definition that this is just was all false. Everything you believed was false. And now I'm bringing you the real truth. So let me, let me summarize and close with this. Christianity, the Bible, our Bible, that we believe is the Antichrist, is their Mahdi, or their coming one world ruler. Our Bible, the false prophet, is the radical Muslim religious leader that they call Jesus. Our Bible talks about the returning Jesus. They, think, they call him the great deceiver. They believe our Jesus coming as the Messiah will come as a great deceiver. So those are the three people that they're seeing. I know I've said all that and I hope it didn't confuse you. I just want you to understand that Christianity, that Jesus said, and I need you to hold real strong to this, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. I believe that Christianity and the word that we have, the truth from God, the salvation of Jesus Christ is light, and I've just been telling you about darkness. I believe it is truth, and I've been telling you about deception. It is right, and I've been telling you about what's wrong. I just want you to be very clear at that. And these are just a few of those deception concepts that are out there. But before I end, I want to go back to our solid faith. Say this with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Let's go on. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Luke chapter 4 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, that's talking about Jesus, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to uh, proclaim freedom for those who are prisoners and recovery for sight for those who are blind and to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's our Jesus. He came as our redeemer, forgiver, healer, restorer. And the true invitation of the Lord is this. The spirit and the bride say come. That's, that's us. We're saying to the Lord Jesus, come back, Lord Jesus. Have you ever prayed that? This would be a good day, Lord. Come back. Love to have you here and take us out of this. And, the, and let the one who hears say come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life, let them come. And this is in Romans. That whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. You enter into truth and deception will not be able to get you. Do you hear that? You'll see the deception, but you will not be caught in the deception. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean in Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand.
other ground is sinking sand. Amen? That's a solid rock. Remember, there's, it talks about in the end days that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. That's this deception I'm talking about. But the rock that we have, Jesus Christ, when you're standing on him, everything can shake around you, but you won't shake because your foundation is on the Lord Jesus Christ. So we know there's a deception coming. Don't be anxious. I'm telling you just so you're awake and aware of what Scripture says will real possibly be in our lifetime. But I don't, I don't want you to be anxious or lose sleep because we have hope. And if you don't have hope before you leave today, I need you to get here, down here, quickly because we want to show you how to get your life in the right relationship with the true Messiah, Jesus Christ. And if there's any doubt about it, let's deal with it because I don't want you or any of us or our family or our friends or our neighbors to be caught up in this coming deception. I want them to know Jesus. That's all we're about here. 